What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, another Wednesday mix. Let off with the World Series and a little bit of baseball talk. Following that, we talked our local basketball teams. Then we talked college football. I just said how underwhelmed I was with the Tennessee-Georgia game, and we went up and down the slate. And then we talked Week 9 NFL and led up into Week 10 and our picks. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod, and we'll be talking to you soon. Doing all right, brother. How are you? Doing great, dude. Doing great. How's the daylight savings treat? Uh, it's crazy. I was just about to say to you, I'm already tired <laughs> of it. <laughs> I mean, oh, it sucks. it's thrown off my internal clock. I texted my mom. I said, I'm officially old because it fucked me up on Monday. And I just, I personally don't like getting home from work at not even at late time, but when it's already dark out. Oh, it sucks. Like, I was at work till eight tonight, my time. Uh, and. Like, I felt like I was there till midnight because it was dark outside at like five thirty. I yep. felt like it was so late, but it sucks on days where so I have stupid. sucks on days where I have nothing to do before this pod. Because let me tell you, it is really hard to stay awake when I have absolutely nothing to do and I'm bored and I'm waiting till ten o'clock. Because I know you got work, but I get home at four and it's dark for six hours while I'm waiting for you. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of attention that uh, soy could be getting. Yeah, well, if he wasn't such a pain in the ass, maybe I'd pay more attention to him. <laughs> but, well, I'm sorry to keep you waiting, but it's always worth no worries, it. no worries at all, man. Everybody's got to work. Everybody's got to work, and if we weren't doing that, uh, I don't know if we'd be friends because I don't know who's friends with deadbeats who don't work. Um, not me. Anyway, <laughs> not me. Tom will lead off with the Astros winning the World Series. It was actually a pretty fun series. It was. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, 4-2, uh, six games there. And I got to tell you, man, you know, the Astros make it really annoying because you can't throw the cheating scandal in their face anymore because they've won a championship. They've been to a few World Series since. And Dusty Baker, he gets his first ring, and you just you just can't hate him. Yeah, that's the silver lining of the whole thing is that finally – the, the guy who's uh, he I think he's won by far the most regular season games without winning a ring. Um, he finally gets one after coming close back in 2003 with the Giants, I believe. Um, it, I'm I'm really happy for him. And you know what? Outside of the cheating thing, truly fuck him for cheating. Fuck him for getting caught. Really, in my opinion, you know that. But a well-run organization. True, really. I mean, they let Correa walk. And the guy they bring up, World Series MVP. It doesn't get much better than that for them. No, it doesn't. And it really, it sucks so much looking at it from the prism of the Yankee fan, right? It's like, here's a team that loses their premier shortstop. They lose Springer. They've lost uh, Garrett Cole. And they've they've just continued to make every right decision. And they promote their prospects when they're ready. Yankees, instead of treading out stopgap shortstops. They do everything fucking right. And Absolutely. They're, they're, 
they're arrogant, they're they're annoying, but my god, are they fucking good? And I most gotta of say the guys, that, well, sorry to interrupt, most of the guys on that team are homegrown talent. Oh, absolutely, and, and I mean, you just see it, right? It's like, well, we lose, we lose Springer, well, Tucker's up, right? We replace, we got Alvarez. You you lose Correa, you bring up Pena. They have McCullers. I mean, they, they lose Cole. Framber Valdez comes up. And Christian Javier. They pitch yep. a combined no-hitter in the World Series. But the Phillies really good ride for them, right? Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I don't think a lot of people saw it coming when the firing of Girardi happened. Um, I mean, this team lived and died by the home run ball. Their bats went cold, especially when they got no hit. And um, they kind of just stayed cold there. Um, really fun team. Uh, I think that they can build off this, though. I really do. Let's sure up that bullpen a little bit. They were pitching way above their head, and that kind of poked through towards the end of the series there. Uh, and, and they'll be, I mean, the the gap between their starters and their closer is pretty bad. Yeah, for sure. And listen, I mean, this is a team that plays in the same division as the Braves and the Mets, and they play in a loaded, I think the NL is much deeper and a lot more parodies in that league than in the American League. But mm-hmm. Listen, if they add a couple of arms and into that bullpen and maybe get a little bit better defensively, they, they can hit the hell out of the ball. But it was also cool to see Bryce Harper on, on the biggest stage too, and he, he didn't disappoint. He's a fucking he's an all star. He's a he's he's box office, as Stephen A likes to say. Yeah, he's a star. He really is. Um finally living up to that contract. I mean Harper is one of the most. Which really doesn't look that bad right now, man. Not he's at like all. Thirty-three a year, I think. Not at all. I mean, Harper is one of those guys where he'll win the MVP and then he'll have a mediocre year for his standards the next year. Um, I think he's a little more inconsistent than some of the other superstars, but yeah, in this in this playoffs, I mean, the Yankees got a lot of egg on their face. Harper and Machado were some of the stars of it. Yep, and the Yankees never even talked to him so during that winter. So congratulations, Cashman. Shout out to the Yankees. Uh, fucking trash. Literal garbage. They're mediocre in my book. I'm done. I'm done with people, including you, telling me that they're not because they're pure mediocrity. <laughs> well, we have different definitions of mediocrity, but they they feel like they're just. They're completely outclassed by the Astros. That we know for I sure. I mean, they're in, listen, they're going to win 100 regular season games, but I'm in this shit for championships. Honestly, bro, I would rather be from 2004 on. Would you not rather be the Red Sox where, yeah, you know what? The Red Sox suck this year, but you know they're going to rebuild, retool, and in three years they're probably going to win a World Series. I mean, they do it every four years. Well, you don't want to say no, right? Because obviously world championships mean everything. But it does suck. Baseball is such a long sport, man, where, like, it really blows having the season over in, like, June or July and being like, well, what the fuck of am course. I going to do now? It does. But I hear, I hear your point. It does. Sure. And I know I'm talking, like, hindsight is twenty twenty here. But, you know, if you tell me that we're going to come back and retool in three years after we break this thing down, the Yankees don't do that, man. And, but but they're but they've gone from the Yankees don't do that and they're perpetually in the ALCS or in the World Series like in the early 2000s or winning it. Now we're just either getting swept in the ALCS or not even getting there, and we're half pregnant. Half pregnant. That's it. That's that's exactly what this team is. Spending a man. ton of money on dead weight, and they don't make any they don't make any sense, right? Like when you say retool, it's like. Okay, great. You're retooling, but 
you can't bring up one of your top with prospects that you, afraid, that you refuse to trade because IKF is your shortstop. Like some decisions, they're like, yeah, we have to have Garrett Cole. Great, they go do that, and then it's like, now we're gonna stand pat with our with our bullpen. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the analogy that my buddy Tutti likes to say all the time. I mean, listen, you talk to me about Cole and all this stuff, but you know what? If you serve me a sandwich with a speckle of shit in it, it's still a shit sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it sucks, and it's just I don't see it changing, man. Because you look at the Astros, they're they're going to be like this for a really really long time. No matter who is on that team, the infrastructure of that team is so rock solid that they're going to be in the they're going to be in the ALCS every year. They're going to be the best team in the American League every year. No doubt, no doubt about it. They're just so solid from top to bottom. Um, and their bullpen was historically good, too. I mean, this team had zero flaws, and of all the teams this year, they they were the ones. They were the best team. They were the best team. They absolutely were from top to bottom. They they dealt with injuries, too, and never made an issue about it. And Another guy who didn't play a lot and um, really in the playoffs at all until Guriel got hurt, but Mancini gets his ring. I know it would have meant a lot more to him if it was ever going to be in Baltimore, but we knew that wasn't going to happen. Nope. But cool to see him get a ring too. Uh, good World Series though. Fun World Series. It was competitive, um, but the better team won. And I think in sports, that's one thing that you always kind of feel good about. No doubt about it. And we both said after they got no hit, there was no coming back from that for the Phillies. Absolutely not. Uh, last baseball news here, Tom, and we're going to put baseball on the ice unless anything crazy happens. But the Mets, they didn't even let Edwin Diaz get to free agency. They negotiated with him and gave him the richest contract ever to a closer, five years, $102 million. What do you think about that? I think it's great in the short term. Um, I mean, I love his walkout song. He's electric. Um and the Mets are buying him for the next two to three years, and then they're going to have to deal with that contract at the end. There's a reason why a closer has never been signed for five years, right? Well, Chapman was. Well, for at this price for five years. I mean, you know, and, and you've seen how Chapman has gone, right? Yes. Yeah, This he passed Chapman for annual dollars per year on a five-year contract for, for a reliever. I think Chapman was 86 or 87 million total for five, but yeah. great. And that was best. great for the first couple of years. And then, I mean, yeah, you got to do it. You got to double down and this team has to get better. You got to focus on signing Nemo or Nemo's replacement. Um, and you got to focus on getting a couple more guys, especially bullpen guys in there, which I'm pretty, I'm a hell of a lot more confident that they'll do that over what, if the Yankees are going to rebuild this thing any bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, you also know that they're going to pour all the resources that they have into it where you wonder about the Yankees doing that now. And you, you touched on the biggest point there, man, is, you know, you, you walk up Diaz, he's the best closer in baseball. It's huge. He's had a lot of success the last couple of years after a rocky start to his Met career. But you need to find some arms that are going to get him the ball with leads because yeah. he was throwing a lot of five, six out games. And you can't have that over the course of a year if you don't want to burn this guy out. Nope, you cannot. He was, I think he started pitching in the seventh in uh, one of the playoff games there. You got to do everything in the playoffs. I don't blame Buck for that. Um, Got to focus on getting Degrom back there. I don't. I don't know if it's going to happen. Everybody's saying that he's gone, but you got to until the until that is that contract is signed somewhere else. You got to just throw the blank check at him. Keep throwing the blank check at him. It's going to be a really interesting offseason, man. Obviously, you got the judge question mark, and I think you know from the Yankees' standpoint, 
their entire the entire trajectory of that franchise is going to be predicated on whether Judge comes back. Because I don't think if Judge if Judge doesn't come back, I think you look at a completely different team. I mean, shit, if Judge if Judge doesn't come back, and we just said that they won't, Sean, but I, I wouldn't mind them tearing the damn thing down. I think that's the direction that you're going to have to kind of look at. Now, they won't tear it completely down because you still have Stanton, you still have Cole, but you're going to see a lot of different moves. You might see them actually spend on the shortstop. You might see them spend on another top-tier top free agent picture or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to speculate about it um, because we're not there yet, but it's going to be an interesting offseason, and as for the Mets, you touched on what, what their biggest question marks are too, but signing Diaz, not even letting them go to free agency and talk to other teams, I think that was that's Steve Cohen saying, yeah, I'm going to pay you and don't even bother talking to anybody else, and that's that's a fuck you move by an owner. No doubt about it. That might help him get DeGrom as well. He, they're not dicking around. They're not dicking around. Well, speaking of dicking around, <laughs> continues to be the soap opera that is the Brooklyn Nets. Now, they kicked the living shit out of your team today, uh, and I don't know how your coach is, is still walking. But, Tom, this Kyrie situation, we talked about it a lot last week, but even more developments. They ended up the next day suspending him for five games unpaid, and this was their own suspension. This was not league-issued. This was the Nets, and they have this entire – six-step process for him to get back on the court. He's just served his fourth of the five games at least. And I think that's the big the big point of emphasis. But obviously you're you're not the Net fan, but what do you what did you think when you saw that the Nets handed down the suspension? Was it the right move? And also do we see him play anytime soon with this team? Huh. Uh, the second part of that question, I just I don't know anything anymore with Kyrie Irving. I you could tell me that he plays basketball in China next year, and I, I, I really wouldn't be shocked. Um, but for the for the Nets, I mean, yeah, it was a good job by them. Kyrie not, you know, dancing around and not apologizing. It's like, dude, I mean, as I get older, whether or not I think I'm wrong, I usually just like to say it's a big thing of mine, and I tell everybody this, just say I'm sorry, it's my fault makes life a hell of a lot easier instead of being an asshole and fighting with people that you don't want to fight with. That's just a piece of advice to everybody out there. I think he's he's just whoever's in his ear is is just the wrong person. He's got to he's got to move on from them and he's got to stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room cuz he's making himself look like the dumbest. That's really what it is. I used the analogy last week of he's that conspiracy theorist, weird friend of yours. That's all fun and games until you start getting guilty by association. And and I think that's what the Nets were at. I mean, they gave him the opportunity to publicly speak and apologize, and he didn't. Now, later on that night after the suspension was handed out, he did go to Instagram. And, it's and too little out. too late, but though, right? I mean, you. that's exactly what I was going to say. It was like a, it was almost a week since it happened, and it's like. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be just completely tone deaf. Just isn't even to start. Isn't even isn't even the word there to not understand what wrong you did, whether or not you tweeted it out or you just retweeted it. You know, it's it's just a very, very, I don't know. It's a it's a triggering statement. Um, and and you just can't do that. Whether or not you wrote it or you tweeted it or whatever, you got a large platform. You got to understand that. 
and well, he's, he's losing not, himself a lot of money, man. Nike's out on him now. He, they're probably going to yep. just cut ties altogether. There's a lot of people that want to cut ties with him because he's become dangerous and bad for business. And once you do that, it's really hard to get that reputation back. I mean, I, know, I, 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 I wouldn't put him on the same level of Kanye because he didn't say these no. things. And Kanye is... is do you think he actually watched this movie? Or do you think somebody told him about it and he watched like five minutes of it and was yeah. like, oh, I got to watch it. I got I to gotta share this. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where somebody that he, he values their opinion um, said something about it and he was like, oh, that's so woke. And then went ahead and tweeted about it. I, I, I truly think that that's what happened there. And he didn't realize that other people are aware of it and we're going to call him out, right? Yeah, I agree with you. That seems to be what happened. But Kanye's, Kanye's far past the point of no return, I think. And he's manic at this point. And, I mean, he's firing people at his company, I just read, for um for listening to other people's music. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, a couple of years ago, you heard that he he was not, you know, letting people have sex with their wives or husbands or whatever while he's working on his album and just crazy shit and... And you saw the, but Kyrie is, is treading in those waters. You know, the thing about these artists, stars, major platforms, there, you can make an excuse about them until you no longer can, right? You, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. We live in an era where, you know, we're getting past this shut up and dribble or we're listening to people stand up comedians or we're listening to artists or we're listening to athletes a little bit more about what they have to say about the world. And Kyrie spits in the face of all this progress that's supposed to be being made for athletes because anybody that listens to him who has that old school, you know, semi racist in my opinion, outlook of shut up and dribble. You're just an athlete. Why should I have to listen to you? You listen to Ky- Kyrie for five seconds. You're like, yeah, this guy's a, a, a complete idiot. Yep. And what really sucks about it is, you know, all he had to do was apologize, like you said first, but he's so hard-headed that now the Nets have put in this six steps to get him on the – for him to be able to get back on the court because in their statement, Tom, they use the word he is currently, quote-unquote, unfit to be a part of this organization. And those are really harsh words. Now, for some of the some of the points of this of this step process here, he has to attend anti-Semitic training. He has to uh, attend sensitivity training. He has to meet with the ADL. He has to meet with Joe Sy, the Nets owner, who I've heard is from, you know, like Stephen A, I think, was on TV talking about how he would release him today if he could. But $36 million is a lot of money. But I think what we're starting to see, man, is the Nets are starting to play well. They got a new head coach that we'll talk about in a second. And if they keep winning and Kyrie's not around, well, now why do you have him? Just cut him loose. Let any other desperate team try to sign him, right? Yeah, you don't want to mess up a good thing, especially with the start that this team has had um, and they're starting to turn it around. You You got to. It's just bad. It's bad chemistry. It's it's just a shitty situation. But they did hire Jacques Vaughn today. So last time we recorded, it sounded like M.A. Udoka's hiring was a foregone conclusion, man. But that's that apparently is not how it went. 
Interesting. Um, I don't have any information on this. How do you feel about it? Well, I think it was the Nets just realized that after the Kyrie stuff, there's already a lot of fire under the feet of this organization, right? And you're going to bring in Ime Udoka, who we still don't know the whole story about what happened in Boston. And maybe it's worse than we actually thought or think, or maybe Adam Silver stepped in. Uh, maybe there were people within the Nets organization that were talking to Joe Sy and Sean Marks being like, hey, like, can you guys not do this? Maybe some female staffers were like, hey, I don't feel comfortable. In any event, it, they completely shifted, and they just took the interim tag off of Vaughn. Yeah, it was also kind of eyebrow-raising when the Celtics were just so willing to just get rid of him, not ask for compensation, nothing. Agreed. Yeah, uh, I I think it's a good move by the Nets. Yeah, and I I just think the Nets are trending in the right direction. You don't want to screw that up. You don't want to you don't want to rock the boat. And and again, I think the biggest thing, like you said, is one the Celtics were just so willing to get rid of him just to get the hell out of Dodge with this situation. And also, we don't know what happened, and you know more shit is going to come out. Loose lips sink ships, but it always happens. Well said. Um, Agreed. And I think it would have been a bad look. The other thing, too, is I think the Nets are very much from ownership down, really trying to hedge their bets, so to speak, about what direction this team is going in long term. You know, they have they have talent on this team with or without Kyrie Irving. This is a decent team. But are they a championship-level team? I don't think so, and there would have to be a very large sample size of great play to say otherwise, right? Yeah, and, and also, like, since the signing of your big two, being Kyrie and Kevin Durant, this this franchise has been in complete flux. I mean, every week we go over what happened between Kyrie and then Harden and then Simmons and then Durant asking for a trade and all that shit, and, you know, um, I, I want to find a different word for culture, but I don't have the time to sit here and debate. We don't have the time to debate what word we're going to use, but I think this team is just trying to rebuild this culture around Durant and try and be a top-down organization where everybody's on the same page because it has been in such flux. And this team was so talented that they almost went to an NBA Finals if it wasn't for Durant's foot and all those players getting hurt a few years back. And... At that point, they were already in flux, but they realized that maybe building a fantasy team doesn't win at all. We need to actually build some semblance of, you know, continuity within our organization and that everybody's on the same page, essentially. And I think they're finally realizing that and starting to do it. I agree. I I mean, obviously, Udoka is a very strong candidate just from his coaching uh, perspective, but you know, Jacques Vaughn has been with the Nets for seven years as an assistant, uh, and interim head coach. After and he's squeaky clean by all accounts. Yeah, he took him to the bubble and was the head coach for them in the bubble that year. Um, so you know, this Nets team over the next couple months, right there with the Lakers, and not for the right reasons, are probably the most interesting team because. Thomas, this doesn't go great, and they start losing, and they're somewhere around five hundred. They're going to release Kyrie if they haven't already. They're going to take the trade calls on Durant and move them. And Jacques Vaughn is probably the right coach for a potential rebuild. 
as opposed to M.A. Udoka, who's more of a let's get him in there where the only thing holding us back is our coach. No doubt about it. Making the right decision there. No doubt about it, but also the way I see it is Kevin Durant still has a lot of say in this organization, and they probably went to him and were like, listen, we, we this is just too crazy, and adding another circus to the mix is just too much. We're, we want to go with Vaughn. How do you feel about it? And he probably he had to have okayed it. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's no secret that Udoka was his first choice. It was also Marx's first choice. I think Josiah was all ready to do it too, but amidst the Kyrie shit, then the suspension, and then just with the really sketchy situation that Yudoko is in, it just would have been too much. I would have yeah. talked myself into it because he's such a good coach. I gotta give but I, it, it's I feel a little bit better about the team right now. <laughs> I gotta give the Nets credit. I mean, and I gotta give Durant credit because we've been shitting on him for his bad decision making since he pretty much went with you know, decided to link up with Kyrie Irving and then he decided to this PR stunt with the trade that was never going to work, and he should have just asked anybody with a brain that it was never going to work at the time. He made a good decision to allow the franchise and not, you know, raise hell over this over this move. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, you can make a very strong case that Jacques Vaughn should have just been named full-time head coach after uh, he took them to the bubble. But no, they had to bring in Steve Nash with no experience. So, um the continuity plus of an in-season hire and in-season change, you know, those, those take a while to adjust to. You don't have training camp anymore. You're not practicing that much. So the system's still intact. The The entire uh, coaching staff stayed in place. So I think this is the most stable thing the Nets have done in a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully the the moves will continue and they'll and – they'll continue to trend in the right direction uh the knicks need to fire tips and let's start to actually rebuild this team and let's play some players outside of our starting five i tell you what man i watched some of tonight quickly just looks really bad yeah but i I think that has a lot to do with tibbs i mean since tibbs has come he's stunted his growth tremendously We've talked about it. I just don't understand why the Knicks do this. It's like you're 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 hiring a coach who's not going to play young guys, and you're an organization that should only be about seeing and playing the young guys. I mean, Cam Reddish comes out, and we were saying Cam Reddish might not be the guy the Knicks need to cut him, and he drops twenty plus points in a first game win. And it, it, I I swear to God, I was going on Fanduel and I was like. God, if Tim's keeps playing, I'm like, what's what's the six man of the year odds? Can I get him? Can I get him <laughs> at like plus twelve hundred, plus plus two thousand? And then he he hasn't even seen the fucking court since. I it just it's like if the if the guy shows up to practice and 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 you know his left shoe is untied, Tibbs is like, all right, you're not playing the rest of the year. Yeah. Meanwhile, Julius Randle uh, continue to bring the ball up when Brunson's not in there. No, nah, Tibbs Tibbs has got to go. We need a guy that can develop. Uh, I wouldn't mind a Steve Nash. I wouldn't mind um, a Kenny Atkinson. No, Atkinson would be great, and I think that you know he remember he was he was gonna go to Charlotte and then backed out and decided to stay in Golden State. I think he's just waiting for that next really decent team. I'm hoping it's the Knicks. It should be the Knicks. It could be the Knicks, and also what what are the trades the Knicks have? Because right now the Knicks are just not a very good team. No, they're not. They they don't have the talent. RJ hasn't taken that full step forward that I'd like to see. Still a good player, but I don't know if he's going to be that six-time All-Star that I was hoping for. 
Um, Brunson has been as advertised. If you're a real Knicks fan and you know what you're talking about with basketball, you should be happy there. He's a solid player. Randall's got to go, right? And and oh. if you can include Randall in a package and some of your other guys like um, Burks or uh, Fournier, I think Burks is gone. Um, Burks is gone. But Fournier um, and whatnot. Fournier is that hilarious guy where you got you got to sign him. You got to sign him the second you sign him. Oh, he's a contract we can trade. We got to trade him. Um, <laughs> but. If you can trade some of those guys, we're we're in a top five position in the league when it comes to draft picks. Charlotte's probably not trading theirs unless it's for a superstar anyway, so top four position in the league. The next guy that's unhappy, I'd be really, really happy if we went out and got him because you know what, Sean, and I know we're not really talking heavy in the NBA, but Donovan Mitchell looks like a first-team All-NBA right now, and maybe he just needed a change of scenery. Yeah, I know. That's a tough one. And it's a tough one. He's, when playing, he's doing everything he did plus more in Utah offensively, and his defense has been incredible. He's also on such a good team, too, where he can just seamlessly fit in. Garland looks great. That whole team looks great. But I, I'm with you. It's, it's frustrating from a Knicks standpoint because, you know, you're just continuing to punt. And you, you say, well, you know, that trade's too much when you look at the whole package, RJ and what was it, three first, four first, whatever it was. And, yeah, that sounds like a lot. But the more you watch RJ Barrett, the more you think this guy might just be a really good player. And then you watch Donovan Mitchell and be like, yeah, we don't have that. Yeah, you don't have that. And also it's like, I mean, I hate to say it, but if I'm the Knicks head coach, I guess I can – or excuse me, if I'm the Knicks owner, I can kind of be a dick to these guys because I'm their boss and say – yeah, we got all these picks, and it's like I, I'd rather Donovan Mitchell because you guys are the ones who are going to be making the picks, and you've done a shit job at that. Right. I mean, like, again, uh, so many of those young guys I just would call nice players. I would say Barrett's ahead of that. Barrett's a really good player. I think yeah. he'll be a good player for a long time. But I think he'll in, still – he still might one of these years like an like a, like a Julius Randle or whatever. He might sneak on to an all-star team or two if sure. if a couple other forwards have a down year or somebody gets hurt. you know. But he's not going to – I just don't see that – six-time All-Star, couple-time third-team All-NBA, maybe one-time second-team All-NBA when he has his career year, whatever, you know, a third-best player on an, on an NBA Finals team guy. I just think maybe he's, you know, your fourth-best starter, your fifth-best starter, your first guy off the bench. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I don't, I don't think he's that guy. He's certainly not a Donovan Mitchell, and... You know, that's, that's the shitty thing about it. But we've got a long, long season to talk NBA. There's already some pretty amazing storylines going on throughout the league. Oh, uh, yeah, Utah like Jazz to the finals. Utah Jazz to the finals. Lakers have two wins. The Nets are in complete chaos. But we'll, we'll save it all for later because we got some college football to recap, Tom. Yep. I got some texts from you this weekend, and it started with that Georgia-Tennessee game. Well, yeah, Sean, I, I – listen – Saturday, I got to sleep in. Did you in. go up to Cooperstown? No, I didn't. That was Sunday. We made a trip up to, um, we actually decided Sunday to meet in the middle. We played in Monticello. What a dump, by the way. Um, but <laughs> a gorgeous course, though, I have to say, although it rained in the morning because my cousin obviously lives in um, Oneonta, goes to school there. Shout out to Brendan. Yep. Hopefully he finishes. Got my fingers crossed for you. This is last semester. Um Hopefully he's gonna go get into uh, PA school. That'll be nice. Um, 
So we met in the middle. It was exactly an hour and a half for both of us. Played at a nice course. Had a nice. I had a nice fourteen holes. Um, I was looking to shoot high eighties, low nineties, and then I decided to uh, triple bogey the last four holes, and <laughs> I think I ended up with like a ninety-eight or something. It was bad news. Um, but Saturday, you know, I woke up. It was seventy something degrees out and sunny in November in New York, Connecticut area. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to play nine holes by myself early in the morning. I walked it. Lovely walk. Because I based my Saturday around Georgia, Tennessee. Now, Sean, let me tell you, I have not done that for a college football game since, I don't know, maybe I want to say Jameis Winston. Was that the last BCS National Championship or was that the first um of the That was the last BCS. Yeah, I think that was the last time I well, actually somebody who's gone on you know throughout the 4 years of this pod talking about how much you fucking hated it to now basing your Saturday around it. I I didn't even you it was pulling teeth to get you to even talk about it in year I, 1 or 2. I was like pod. this is going to be the college football game of the year. I really don't want to miss this one. I wish it was at night, but it's at 3:30 on a Saturday. So, um, you know, and Michaela was working, so it would have been great if it was at night because I could have just parked myself on the couch and watched it. But I said, fine. You know, and I, I, I really, it was either that one or it was the year after that one. I think it was an Oregon-Ohio State in the first national championship game with Ezekiel Elliott at running mm-hmm. back and Ohio State rolled Oregon. God, I'm a fo- college football savant. Yeah, that, I know. It's really amazing. That might have been my the last time that I really, you know, I follow, I know, I, I, I watch I'm in and out watching other shows and whatnot, but that was the last time that I really based my day around watching that football game. I said, I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to watch this game wire to wire. Boy, what a waste of time. Georgia outclassed Tennessee. Outclassed them. Their defense was incredible, just stifling. They look like the Jets against the Buffalo Bills this week. And, (laughs) I mean, Tennessee's offense could just – I mean, if they got the ball past the line of scrimmage at some point, it was a miracle. And then Stetson Bennett, and not Stetson Bennett, what's their fucking quarterback's name? Yes, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, I'm sorry. Yes, I was right. I mean, everybody shits on this kid, and I get it. He's probably going to not get drafted or get drafted late, and, and maybe he'll be a career backup or whatever, but that kid's got some balls. Dude, he's a really good college quarterback. Like that's the that's the one thing with the NBA and the NFL draft process. And listen, Frenchie, we love you, and we wouldn't we we couldn't do a NFL draft season around without him. But you know, it's like that great college point guard who you know is not going to be a great pro, but just dominates on the college level and has the balls and has the playmaking ability and rallies the team. And you're like, man, every point guard that ever played at Ohio state. Yeah. Right. Like Aaron craft or Aaron craft or any Syracuse point guard. Right. And it's just like, I too, I don't need to worry about what his pro career is going to be because in the toughest conference against the best teams and Tennessee was deserving of number one last week, after what they've done, not now, but that's a legitimate defense too. And man, you would never have known that Georgia put out the most NFL players last year 
because that defense just – it almost feels like it got better, and they had four first-rounders on their defense last year. And in the eyes of the committee, Georgia really needed that game because they didn't have – I know that they're undefeated, but they didn't really have a, a – outside of week one when they yeah, smacked Oregon, Oregon – um, I'm there. I'm right there with you, baby. I'm, I'm dialed on college football. I watched that game too. That game I watched in passing actually in Cooperstown. Um, but this game I was dialed into and they needed it. They needed it for their resume and they, boy, did they get it. Oh yeah. It was, it was never close. And it was really in, in that atmosphere too, in, in Athens, Georgia, like Tennessee never had a chance. Um, Georgia's number one. They're going to waltz their way to the SEC championship game where they're going to play maybe LSU because, Tom, I know I don't have this in order, but we'll just go right to it. LSU goes for the two-point conversion in overtime, avoids the carnival that is extra, extra, extra overtime in college football, and they stun Alabama 32-31. You texted me saying, oh, no, I was out. So I was not even watching, and I couldn't believe they <laughs> lost because I'm so glad it, I got to break the news to you. It ruined. My, it really, it really put a damper on a nice evening. But I am I happy to like, hear you were out. Thank you, but I was like, you know, fuck. And then I saw. I was like, well, this is Brian Kelly's signature win now, you know, and and it really makes up for that terrible showing against Tennessee. They have the players, and for the first time ever, Brian Kelly, for all his fraudulence and fake accents and all that, this guy knows how to coach, and he finally has the talent at a school where he could contend for championships, legitimately contend. I mean, I think they have a at least a second-round wide receiver on that team. I forgot his name, but he looks pretty good. Um, I don't I still don't like the quarterback, but hey, big-time win against Alabama. You know what I was thinking after the game was, it's a real shame— that I, I have what to text I, Sean. Well, no, I, I took a little <laughs> took a little bit of joy in that, just because you know I think you're a fraud. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a shame because I think Alabama has been obviously on an incredible run over the past what twelve years ish. Yeah, yeah, really since two thousand nine. Yeah, and in my opinion, probably their best quarterback that they've ever had in that entire run. You look up and down the list, maybe not the best college quarterback, but their most talented and the most fun quarterback that they've probably had, including Tua, is probably not going to win a national title. It's a really good thought. Yeah, Bryce Bryce might not get one. I mean, next year will be his last year. Um, And it's pretty crazy to think because he's just an unbelievable player. Is he not coming hey, out this year? He's a sophomore. Mm, everybody's everybody's oh, talking wait, about. Oh wait, you know what? No, I'm sorry. Yes, he's a red shirt. So yeah, he. This he's is coming out, man. He's yeah, gonna be he's a top five pick. To yeah, so he's so not he's gonna really not going to have right. a natty. Yeah. So unless right, Alabama, I mean, unless LSU has a real hiccup, they're they're leading the the front for the SEC title game, right? Ole Miss is right there too, and Bama plays Ole Miss this week, so. Yeah, man, you're right about Bryce. It's it's pretty crazy, but they don't have the defensive. They they're they're not the team that they've been in the past where you can just know that even if your offense is off to some a little bit of a slow start, you can work through it because the defense is just going to dominate for you. That's not been this Alabama team. We saw it week two in Texas, a game they should have lost. We saw it in the Tennessee game, and we saw it again Saturday. 
Yep. Well, hey, they got the quarterback, but now they don't have the defense. All right, let's run down it. Ohio State beats Northwestern, don't care, 21-7. Not that impressive. No, no. I mean, you would think this would be a 42-7 to game. But, but they won. Yep. Um, I think Northwestern got off to a quick lead there, too, 7 nothing. Yeah, they did. The weather was pretty crazy out, yep. out in Chicago. Uh, Michigan beats Rutgers 52 to 17. Rutgers had an early lead there too. Um, again, TCU beats Texas Tech 34 to 24. Oregon beats Colorado 49 to 10. Expected there. We already talked about LSU and Alabama. USC beats Cal 41 to 35. Talk about another non-impressive win. Um, but hey, they still won. UCLA beats Former, uh, what was the guy? Herm Edwards coached Arizona State. He got fired this year, uh, mm-hmm. fifty to thirty-six. Notre Dame beats Clemson. This was the shocker. Outside of the, thirty-five outside to of how, fourteen. Jeez. Yeah, outside of how badly Georgia beat Tennessee and the awesome ending to Bam LSU, this game was shocking. I mean, dude, Clemson—they never had a shot in this game. Notre Dame dominated the living piss out of them. And to put up 35 points, that's that's really crazy because that's not what Notre Dame's known for doing. Yep. As much as we shit on the Pac-12 for being a lesser, you know, conference, obviously with UCLA and USC leaving, but, I mean, they won all their games. The ACC is trash. The ACC sucks. Yeah. The ACC really sucks. And, and who's going to be in their title game? Is it going to be Wake Forest? It will, Clemson will Clemson will be in there because this is their only loss. Um, but I don't want to hear anything Wake, about Clemson getting into the four. I don't care. Oh no, you won't. You won't. I mean, I I I think Bama's out. Some weird shit would have to happen for them to even have a chance. Um, Clemson's out. Honestly, what's really amazing is TCU. TCU and Oregon are those other teams because you know Ohio State and Michigan, they're playing each other. One of those teams has to lose. Yep. No, no doubt. Uh, it's going to be super interesting. Um, Texas, back with a ranking, beats K-State 34-27. to This is a big win. That was a big win for Texas. Ewers played really well. They were in Kansas State. Kansas State was ranked, I want to say they were in the top uh, 15 before this game. I think they were 13th. So, you know, go in and win that game after, I mean, let's be honest. Texas, they have no problem hanging with teams, but closing teams out is usually an issue for them. And now they're going to play. Texas. They're going to play TCU. TCU, yeah. Now that'll be an interesting one. TCU is coming to your town. Um, moving on to our, we'll, we'll talk about that game in a second. Moving on to the previews, Georgia, Mississippi state, Georgia's going to roll them. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love myself some Mike Leach, but they're, they're, that defense is. Did you see what he did the other, did you see what he did on Saturday? No. The chairs. (laughs) What did he do? So he, so the, uh, his wide receivers didn't run really good routes or they weren't getting open. So uh, after going, I think it was a three and out. So he put somebody uh, in a shed for six hours or something? Or, oh, no, that was a while ago. <laughs> easy, yeah, that was that was back in the uh, Texas Tech days. Um, no, he just took all those folding chairs that the players sit on, and he just 
he just folded them up and put them on the sidelines so the players couldn't sit down because he didn't think they deserved to sit down after their play. I fucking love that. I'm going to be doing that when I'm coaching rec league basketball. There you go. Yeah, just be like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You guys guys shouldn't be tired because you weren't running very well. Yeah, you weren't doing shit. So, yeah, that was a great Mike Leach moment. I love that. He's going to get his ass kicked. I'm sorry. Um, Oh, yeah. Indiana, another team that's going to get murdered in the horseshoe. Not going to be close. These same with Nebraska, Michigan. Like these are just formalities. We put them in here because these are top ranked teams. But it's like just don't have a slip up with some of these games. Like please make that game between the two right after Thanksgiving. At, like if we if we can get a number two versus number three, like that's what I want. Oh yeah. Um, this is a game I think you should attend. We just mentioned it, TCU, Texas. Can you sneak into this one? I'm thinking about going. Oh. Uh, now now you're fun. talking about it like you got a plug or something. Because before you're no. like, oh, somebody was nice enough to invite me. Now, are you going to be paying your way or is somebody going to be? No, I'd be paying. I'd be paying my way. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of going because it's a. it would be it's really going to be a date fun. night? We'll, we'll have to see. Um, <laughs> but TCU being ranked four i mean this is this is not a game that they're gonna just be able to come into austin win and then head back up to fort worth like texas is gonna be ready and i don't know man i could i there's i'm not gonna call the upset but i think it's gonna be a close game for sure like you said texas can hang with anybody it's just closing them out yep so we'll see about that one tennessee you know, just get back up off the mat. They're going to host Missouri, who's no good. Interesting game here in the Pac-12. Washington sneaking at the very end of the top 25. They're at Oregon, ranked number six in Eugene. I don't see Oregon having an issue with this one, do you? Oregon's got to win this game by 20 points more. Yep. they got to boost this resume. We can't just win now. LSU at Arkansas. LSU's moved up to number seven in the rankings. I mean, Tom, like I said before, if they can close this year out without a loss, this is a team that could be representing the SEC West in the championship in the uh, SEC championship game. But did they empty everything last week, and do they have a letdown game in, in Arkansas? I'm not too worried. Okay. Your is Arkansas USC, good? Arkansas started the year pretty good, but they've been dog shit. I was going to say, the weren't they ranked at the beginning of the year? Yeah, they were. Uh, they've been dog shit since. Um, USC ranked eight. You got to kill Colorado. We have to. And they will. Um, UCLA ranked nine. They'll host Arizona. Um, and then we got Bama at Ole Miss. A huge game here. Alabama's down to 10. Jeez. Ole Miss right there at 11. Sean, you got to be shaking in your boots. I, I don't feel good about this game, man. Lane Kiffin, I mean, listen, he that team is really good. Jackson Dart, the quarterback. And... I don't know, man. Bama's gonna. This is where Saban's gonna really have to kill this these kids during the week because these, they're not used to being out of the championship or college football playoff conversation this early. You got to make sure there's no letdown for them. I would not want to be a kid at that practice. Absolutely not. How do you see this game going? It's in Oxford. Listen, just like Belichick, I'm not going to pronounce them dead. Until they're dead. Uh, I still think Bama's going to roll. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to roll, but I think that they should win this game. Um, I think Bryce Young is going to have a monster game. 
he should. I mean, he has a monster game pretty much all the time. It's just, is that defense along for the ride? Are the receivers good enough? It's weird, man. It's you, you had such a good point about Bryce Young earlier. Like, that really was so well said. Like, he's far and above the best quarterback Alabama's ever had, and he's not going to win a championship. And he's not even going to the college football playoff this year in all likelihood. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's just how shitty their defense is. He's been carrying this team. Yeah, he's he really is amazing. Um, I mean, you look at their losses, and uh, I mean, you can't blame it on their offense. I mean, he put up thirty-one points last week, and put up forty-nine in the loss. To <laughs> I was going to say when he Tennessee. lost to Tennessee, they were close to the fifties there. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not. It's not been on him, and they would have lost to Texas if it wasn't for his. You know, absolutely magician-like play there towards the end of that game. But anyway, Clemson—they're down to twelve. They're hosting Louisville. Don't care. I'm—I'm I'm glad we don't have to deal with any Clemson talk. They're no good. And then Utah just staying right there in the in the Pac-12 conversation. Tom, they're ranked thirteen, and they're hosting Stanford. So I'm looking at Utah, USC, and UCLA all have very winnable games there for those Pac-12 teams. Yes, sir. Um, game of the week's got to be Texas. Yeah. Listen, man, I would love – yeah, I might find my way. I might find my way there. That'll be fun. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Giantless week this week, and next week will be a jetless week. That's very right. So the spotlight was on your jets, and – They delivered, baby. Take it, take it from here. Don't let me get in your way. I had to come back home. Uh, I watched the game from my phone, but then I had to rewatch the highlights. Um this Jets defense is absolutely incredible. Um, what a fun game. They just, and, and listen, everybody's shitting on um, Josh Allen, and, and they should. He made he made a lot of mistakes, but a lot of those mistakes were forced by great defense from the Jets. Just a well-played game. Not too many silly, silly penalties. A few here and there, but the mess was cleaned up enough this week to get the dub. That defense was just all over him, just absolutely stifling him. I mean, you forced a fumble. You got two picks. You got a lot of major stops. I mean, you just – this Buffalo Bills team that can score at will, they probably have the number one ranked offense in the league or had it before this, was just running in quicksand all game. And then looking at it from an offensive perspective, they still have kid gloves on our guy Wilson. I feel bad for Wilson because ever since the loss of Vera Tucker – um, he just looks like he is running for his life out there. But you know what? He made the throws that needed to be made. Him and his brother from another mother, Garrett Wilson, were an electric combo. They got the ball down the field when it needed to be and got a huge win. And honestly, I'm st- the, I am still not sold on Zach. I'm not. But this week showed me a little something when it comes to poise when it comes to getting up off the mat from getting tackled and murdered a million times on the field, and he didn't make the mistake that cost him the game. It makes me so happy to hear you break down every facet of a Jets massive win. Biggest win win since when? Biggest win since, I mean, for me personally as a Jets fan, it feels like since, I don't know, maybe when we beat the Patriots, can't wait. Yeah, it's up there, man. I mean, and that was like 20... 2011, 2010? Yes, yeah, I mean, shit, I was like a 
sophomore, junior in high school. I mean, it's been over 10 years, dude. Yeah, it's been a long fucking time. And it's just, we talked about why that Patriots loss last week was so fucking frustrating. And even for me, who's not a Jet fan, like having a rooting interest in the Jets being good at least. And it was so frustrating because they were such the more talented team. And your quarterback just coughed the game away and penalties coughed the game away. And this week, I didn't think that they had much of a chance, but I was like, hey, maybe they can hang. If they if they clean some shit up, they should be fine. And Wilson made the plays that he needed to make, and it finally looked like it registered with him that sometimes the best play is the Take one that the you don't cheese. try to make. Take the cheese, How many baby? dump-offs? Take- I had to go back and rewatch as much of this game as I could. It, it is... The NFL with this copyright thing is a little crazy. It was tough to find any clips outside of the highlights, but he was taking the cheese, man. How many dump-offs did he have? Because he had nothing downfield. Where even last week, maybe maybe he really got in the in the video room this week. Last week or last year or whatever, he was trying to force that ball into double coverage, trying to push the ball down the field. When the defense is saying, hey, we don't care if you dump it off and you get 15 yards here. We just don't want to give up the deep ball. Take the motherfucking cheese, and he finally did, and he did enough to put this team in position to win the game and trust his defense. What I love the most about it too was that on that last scoring drive that they really needed to have, two things happened. He just kept feeding the ball to Robinson and Carter and was just like, there's no reason that I have to try to play the hero ball. We're running the ball down these motherfuckers' throat, which they were. Robinson had a big game for you. Mm -hmm. And then he hit Mims, the much maligned Denzel Mims, on that third down catch that sold it. That's, that's, uh, you know. Sold the game. It was absolutely that said that play right there. I'm so glad. Go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. I'm just gushing. I'm so glad that you referenced that play because it's like I said to myself, he's just gonna he's gonna keep throwing it at Garrett Wilson. It's gonna cost him, and then he finally finds Denzel Mims, and it's like oh, he spread the ball around there. It was so perfect. It really was, and it was something that you you saw the maturation. And I hate to compare them because there's not really a comparison in terms of just their their play. But you know we, that's part of why the Giants have been so good this year with Daniel Jones. He's not forcing these terrible throws when they're not there, or feeding the same receiver and forgetting he has other guys. And it leads to wins. You know, the NFL more games are lost than are won in the NFL, and the Bills are the more talented team, but the Jets just didn't lose that game. They they won the game, and they didn't put themselves in position where they could have lost it, and I give them so much credit. Your coaching staff seemed to finally make some changes because there weren't the dumb penalties that almost threw the game away for you. And these, Robert Sala is a really good defensive mind, man. And he has a three-tier defense. It's the best defense the Jets have had since the Rex days. But they actually have, you look at their D-line, and Johnson made a play with and had the big sack. Then you've got your linebackers, who maybe aren't the best, but C.J. Mosley laid a thick hit down on a dude. And then, of course, you've got Sauce Gardner, who I don't want to hear any talk about anything else than this. He's a top two or three corner in the league right now. Absolutely. It's it feels really good. And, and Zach Wilson, you see these little signs, and I know you're and seeing. And DJ Reed on the other side of him too. Absolutely, and, and you're just seeing these little signs where it's like, 
It's like watching my kid grow up. It's like watching Soy grow up, and it's like, you know, you, oh, wow, you're not going to fucking knock my cup off the table now? We're growing up a little bit? Nice. <laughs> maybe next time, maybe next week I'll be like, wow, it's quiet in here. He's not hanging from the doorknob anymore. You're just seeing these little signs. It's the little signs that can make you really happy, and I'm really happy for you. I was really happy for my dad, who you know is a long-time suffering How does he man. feel about our guy, Zach? You know, he, he doesn't – he's funny. He doesn't play that game because he's had so many of them. Oh, yeah, he's a Whereas broken like, man. <laughs> I just want to – I don't worry about what he's going to be or where he's going to be ranked. He's like, right now he's winning games, and it's not a retread, and I'm happy, and I hope he's the guy. That's pretty much all he says. He's not really worried about, you know the next progression and how to evaluate quarterbacks. It's more just like, Hey, he's the quarterback on a team that's winning. And there haven't been many jets quarterbacks that have been part of winning. So. Listen, we're nine weeks into the season. And I looked at my fan duel and my jets over for the season wins already hit. I mean, that's just incredible. That'd make you a very happy man. It, it definitely did. Um, now at, at being, at, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously biased and I'm going to be jaded by this win. Is this a point where do the, as a guy who's not a Jets fan on the outside looking in, is this a point where we, you know, maybe are we talking about Cincinnati last year? Oh man. (laughs) I will say this. (laughs) Um, This NFL season has taught me that nothing is impossible. So I'm going to say nothing is impossible. I feel bad because I look at just comparing our teams. The Jets are the much more talented team than the Giants, but the Giants have by far the better chance of just getting into the playoffs oh, because of how based bad on, the Based NFC on league is. and division alone, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it's like... And then once you get in, shit, you, you have a couple in, hot weeks. I mean, look at Joe Flacco. Well, that's where I look at the Jets, right? If we're just going to play this hypothetical out. The Jets actually do have the formula that wins you games in in January. They have the lockdown defense. They have they do create turnovers. They have good running game, even without Brees Hall. Now, the biggest thing is going to be, is the moment too bright for Zach Wilson? Yep. The Giants don't have a formula that's going to win them really anything in the playoffs, but I don't really care about that because we're not at the same point where the Jets are. If the Jets can find a way to get in, man, I'm not going to say they have to right now, but if they win one more game, if they're seven and three, then I think it would be a, 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 a collapse for lack of a better term if they don't make it. But I think that they've already given fans and and everybody a reason to believe that the future of this team is really, really bright. Absolutely. I'm happy they haven't given up any draft picks that are important or anything just because let's just keep building. It's clearly working. Douglas's plan is working. Salah's, you know, it's working with him. The quarterback is going to be the biggest thing. But you know what? We don't have to make decisions on quarterbacks after year two because – even though everybody likes to say, well, we knew about Mahomes and we knew about so-and-so, it's like, yeah, well, nobody really knew about Eli. You know? Yep. 
And, and he was never a top five quarterback in the league. But the Giants won two Super Bowls with him, and after year three, and even during that first Super Bowl season, he was having games where he threw three pick sixes. Like, not every. It's about how you do. You have that short memory, and can you can you win games late and and go on game winning drives? And that's what Wilson did. No doubt. I'm looking at their schedule coming up. Next game we got, we got the Patriots in New England. Yep. I'm gonna say that's a loss, but. You never Get know. Get revenge in that fucking game, man. No, come on. The Patriots aren't good. They are not good. Let's come out with a better game plan and let's hit them right in the mouth. Then we got the Bears at home. I know Fields is having a moment. We're going to talk about that. Let's get a dub there. We got Minnesota, yeah. 1 p.m. in December. Kirk Cousins doesn't lose at 1 p.m. Then we got the Bills. We're going to wherever they play. I forgot what it's called. Orchard Park. Orchard Park. That's a tough game to win. But then yeah. the last two games of the season, must wins. December 18th, Lions at home. December 22nd, we have the Jaguars at home. Sorry, that wasn't the last. I had to extend it here. Then we have the Seahawks. <laughs> I was going to say, the season's ending early for the Jets. They just want to That'd be nice. That's fine. Just get right to the playoffs. Then we have Seahawks, Dolphins. Those are going to be interesting. Yeah, depending on where those teams are positioned, the end of the year is always hard to guess because do the do the teams play everybody? Do they not play everybody? There's some winnable games on that schedule, man. I mean, you're at six right now. Get if you can get to ten, you're you're probably in. Did you see that uh, Eli Manning's now in studio with uh, five hundred four and the rapper? No, taking shots with him, rapping no. in the studio. I mean, I'm really. I like this Eli Manning showing some personality, letting his hair down. He did that thing at Penn State where he put on the, the fake, you know. This is who Eli is. I, I mean, love if it. Heard him, if you've heard him talk about it, he's like, I played in New York City and I played a position that everybody cares about and you can't really be that. You know, you have to be boring. You have to be, you know, the ultimate team guy and just give the cliche football speak. It's there's there's a lot more of that than than we'd like to believe, and because when you're not that way, you're considered arrogant, and if you're not playing well, you're a clown. And I'm all you know, in on retired dead. Eli. He's the best. Retired Eli is 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 easily is easily the best version of Eli. And honestly, there's times where I think he's funnier than Peyton. Oh, <laughs> you, there's not even times. I think he is just legitimate. I don't think Peyton's not funny. I do think he's got a good personality and he's a funny guy. Eli, 100%. I'll take him over Peyton Manning. And he's such the little brother, too. It's fucking great. Um, I love uh, that family. That's football royalty. It is football royalty. And Archie's coming to Austin next year. So we'll we'll see. Um, You're not a Texas fan. I don't want to hear that. I'm not a Texas fan. But he is coming here, and it will be fun. It'll be fun to see. Uh, We kind of wish he decided to go to Bama with Bryce Young gone, but not going to happen. Eagles beat the Texans on Thursday Night Football. It was only a 12-point game, but it felt like it was a 30-point game. Never for a second did I think the Texans were going to win this game. But they had moments. Yeah, no, whatever. Who cares? Eagles, I mean, shit, they might go undefeated. They're so fucking good. I don't know how how anybody stops them when they're on offense, man. I mean... I just hope your boy Hurts can keep this up. It's a lot of fun to watch. I know you hate the Eagles, but I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy for Devontae, and I really fucking despise that team. Um, Patriots killed the Colts, and Frank Reich's time ended after Sunday. He got fired, and we'll talk about Jeff Saturday being hired in, in a second. But 
Tom, I think they're the only team in the NFL that you can that can make the Patriots look like they're the 07 Patriots winning 26 to 3. Yeah. Um it's just I mean, listen, I, the only thing I have to say is I am happy that they finally got off the retread thing. Let's just tear this thing down to the studs and and let's get the a top 3 pick. Oh, that's what they're doing. Uh cuz that team sucks. But out of fucking nowhere, not really surprised that Frank Reich lost his job. That makes sense. But Jeff Saturday, who has never coached in the NFL and is doing TV work on ESPN, gets the call from Ursay, and he's going to coach his first NFL game. I don't know how that's going to go over. I-, I was shocked. I was shocked too, but it is Jim Ursay. It is Jim Ursay. That's a, I think that's a good place to end. That's. There's got to be an investigation coming. How do you bypass literally everybody else on that staff and not even inquire on any any former accomplished head coach? Jeff Saturday? Isn't there a Rooney rule or something? I guess not because it's an interim head coach. Right. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Uh, as for the Patriots, nothing changes my mind with them, even though they did get another win. Uh, you can't take that away. They're somehow still in the AFC picture, but... I'm not impressed by this team. The defense is really good. Pretty sure they're behind the Jets. They are behind the Jets, but they have the tiebreaker over the Jets, at least for now, making that game next week so important. Uh, Dolphins beat the Bears in a really fucking fun game. Offense all over the place. And Justin Fields, I know Miami's the main story because that's another offense. I don't know how you stop, dude. But Justin Fields had his best game ever uh, in the pros. And my God, he was electric. Yeah, he's he's uh, ever since that Patriot game, he has started to find something. I mean, he looks like he does not look like a quarterback running the football. He looks even more fluid than Lamar. I have to say, as a, he just looks like. I mean, listen, is he a better athlete than Lamar? Is he faster than Lamar? No, but just he if if they handed him off, if they took his jersey off, put somebody else's on it, and they handed him off the ball as running back, you couldn't tell me the difference. No, you couldn't. He's awesome, and he's tough, and he's physical, and he's shifty as all hell. Um, and they're figuring out a way to strong. they're figuring out a way to incorporate his abilities into that offense, and it's about time they do that and they give the kid a decent shot. I like that they went out. I, I thought it was a big overpay for Claypool, but I like that they tried to get him a weapon there. I do too, but the, at the same time, they're also tanking because their defense is so fucking bad. So. You know, they traded every good player on their defense. Best of away. both worlds. Yep, best of both worlds, man. I I think that the I think that the Bears I need to see more of it, but I am happy that Fields he looks like the best quarterback from that twenty twenty one class right now. Stop. Uh, in my opinion. Uh but we'll see about <laughs> Wilson. We'll see about your boy. We'll see about your sweet prince. Um as for the Dolphins, I mean this team with Tua is just a completely different team and their offense, you saw Wilson get, get some touches in his first game there. Their defense scares me a little bit. I know Chubb has to get up to get up to, uh, game speed with the new system, but their offense is so good. So good. I mean, if I told you that you take Tyreek Hill, you put him on a different team with a lesser quarterback, and he'd have the best year of his career on pace to get well over 2,000 yards for the first time ever as a wide receiver, you'd probably call me crazy, but that's what's happening. I mean – Hey, it makes sense. It's like we have a quarterback that's incredibly efficient in short to mid throws, and we already have a guy who's probably the second best in the league at it. Let's go out and get the first best guy. Yep, 
no, they're it was it was a move. You, you don't see teams who make plays for wide receivers change this dramatically all that often. But Tyreek Hill is not just a really good wide receiver. He's he's one of the best wide receivers, you know, of the last I'd say ten years or so, right? Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Not a good guy, but an awesome player. I mean, he is he is the anomaly. He is the guy that is incredibly fast and he gets to that incredibly fast top speed faster than anybody else. And he also runs great routes. Like he ain't just a burner. He runs really, really good routes. And you yep. got Jalen Waddle, who's not him, but he's really fucking good. Right too. there. He's right there. Yep. I mean, you got two of the shiftiest, quickest yet fastest guys. It's as if you took Randy Moss and you combined him with Julian Edelman. <laughs> yeah, that's quite the, that's quite the thought. It's, it's crazy, man. And, and they run their offense really well. Um, Daniel's a good head coach. He's going to fuck up in the playoffs because he makes some really, really dumb in-game decisions. I mean, it's a lot like your boy Staley in mm-hmm. that regard. Um, Lions beat the Packers in easily, easily the most rock bottom game that the Packers have had since I can remember. They yeah, scored makes nine us points against. Look pretty. I was going to say they scored nine points off the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, and Will's team beat our team, huh? <laughs> you know, he called me on Sunday. Oh yeah, what do you have to say? Football. Oh no, he just was like. He just wanted to talk about some of the games, and then he was like, "Yeah, I tried calling Tom, but he didn't answer." Yeah, <laughs> I was driving home. I was driving home from golf with my cousin and my buddy, and I was like, "I just, I don't want to hear about the lines right now. I, I just really don't." <laughs> no, I don't. I don't blame you. But I took his call. It was good to talk to him. Um, had to had to make some amends of all the terrible things I said to him and about him that have come out to be true. Um, and I have a lot of egg on my face is what I pretty much said. But, yeah, I'm right I get there with the game. You. Yeah, it's not looking good. But, but, listen, the Lions are not world beaters. That's their second win of the year. But, Tom, we have to talk about this. The Packers, like, is Aaron Rodgers going to just retire before week 18? Like, is he just done? And he, he, he made two of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. We talked about Zach Wilson fucking up in, in blowing games. Those two interceptions he threw in the end zone, I mean – you don't see that from Aaron Rodgers. You don't see that from a lot of guys, but especially not him. Does he just? Uh, I just think he just doesn't care. Yeah. Because I mean, and then he'll turn around and make an amazing throw like ten seconds later, and it's like he still got it. They're they're an absolute fucking mess. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna fire that head coach too. They should, right? And at what point? And this is all seriousness, like. At what point do you tell him, like, listen, our season's not going anywhere, and I know you still want to play, but we're we got to see what we got. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from now, a couple weeks after the they had they didn't have their bye week yet. I don't think. I don't think they have. I think you're right about that. Yeah. So whenever after their bye, I mean, what's the point at this at this juncture? They should Rogers have had their bye week already because I know when you go to London, which they did, you get offered. Um, the opportunity to take the bye the week after, and they elected not to. Yeah, the Giants elected that too. Yeah, man, I, I really don't know. I, it's, I mean, between him and Wilson, I, I've, 
I mean, you, you you do see guys, they fall off. I mean, Peyton Manning was throwing ducks out there, but he won a fucking Super Bowl. But you could see it was over, but it was a very slow progression over the last two to two years in, in Denver, right? I mean, he went from breaking records at the beginning to, you know, his neck was shot and everybody knew he was done and whatever. And between him and Wilson, it's like, uh, it, it's like they're just, they, they were... I'm watching Space Jam here. <laughs> it, they're, the whole infrastructure of that Packers team, from having the no receivers to an underwhelming defense despite a lot of talent to, I mean, Aaron Rodgers doing his best Kyrie imitation, let's be honest, right? Like, he's not the world's best teammate. He's He at least is reliable in terms of playing, but I don't know how, you know, he, he goes on the McAfee show every week and, you know, makes underhanded remarks at his receivers or at his head coach, and it's just like, I don't want to really deal Ma- with this anymore. Oh, McAfee. That's what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said, right? I thought you said Maxie, but I don't know. You could have just broken up oh, for a second there. No big deal. Yeah, yeah I mean, McAfee. good yeah. get for him. It's a great get. I mean, he's yeah. electric, but yeah, I mean, it just, it, they're the po- him and Wilson are the poster childs for this wacky NFL season. They are for sure. Uh, the collapse and just the falling off the cliff is something that you don't see all that often. Um, moving on, Tom, we've got the Chargers who beat the Falcons in a pretty entertaining game. These two teams just remind me so much of each other. But Dicker, the kicker, gets the uh, gets the game winner on this one for the Chargers. Maybe they found somebody. I mean. Just the name alone, come on. You have to be. You have to be a kicker with that name. Um, yeah, uh, Chargers are decimated by injury. I mean, their their two top two wide receivers are done. Lost a lot a lot on the defense, but their head coach sucks. Their head coach sucks, and Mariota didn't have a very good game in this one. Um, but that's okay. I mean, the, the Falcons are not the world's best team, but they hang in there. I mean, I feel like these two teams, along with the Vikings, are the ones where if it's a field goal game, it's like, yeah, we know you lost probably, right? So in this matchup, one of those teams had to had to leave there unscathed. Yep. Speaking of the Vikings, moving on, they beat the Commies 20-17. Same score. Skating by. Skating by is a really nice way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to put on a better showing against this, against this Washington team. Heineke, you know, he does some things. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, I like him a lot better than Wentz. He does do some things. He makes some plays, but you, you got to beat this team by a touchdown if you're going to be have any chance, even in the NFC. Least impressive seven and one team you can remember. Jets are more impressive than them. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say, like, is there anybody? Put the Jets in question. that division; they're winning it and running away. Is there anybody that legitimately thinks that this seven and we should be talking about the Vikings at seven and one is like the best team in the NFC, right there with the Eagles, and they're nobody. not even in the same class as the Eagles. Well, that just goes to show that nobody has gone out on a limb and said, "I like the Vikings." That's not even cowherd. Nobody. That's. That's a shock, and that says something. It really says something if Coward didn't say it. Uh, Commanders are a different team when Heineke plays. and They have, some, they have a lot of talent on that defense, but not much else. 
Um, Bengals beat the Panthers in a game that I got very, very wrong. I guess P.J. Walker isn't the savior for that team because we got Baker Mayfield in the second half. But Joe Mixon's five touchdowns and Cincinnati just steamrolled them. Yeah, I mean, you saw them get the shit kicked out of them on Monday night last week against um, the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, they tried to run the same exact offense as if they had Jamar Chase. And it's like, listen, I like T. Higgins and I like Boyd, but they're not Jamar Chase. And the reason why they're so good is because Jamar Chase gets them open when he's not there. You got to put the ball in the chest of Joe Mixon. You have a top whatever running back. He goes in the first round in all fantasy dress for a reason, and they decided to do it this week, and the guy came away with three touchdowns rushing and two receiving touchdowns or four rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. I mean, keep that going, and, and you guys will find yourselves in the playoffs. Absolutely. They, they're probably not winning that division, but they should be in the playoff picture for sure. You can't lose a game to the – Carolina Panthers, and I guess Baker's going to start now going forward. I have no idea what that team is going to do on a week-to-week basis. Is that what they said? Because I thought P.J. Walker was in line to start. Good. Well, then maybe he will. I have no idea what they're doing. All I know is that every time they think they have their quarterback situation figured out, at least in the short term. uh, By the way, Sam's also off IR, my baby boy. Your baby boy. I don't know what the fuck they're doing down there. Somebody, somebody on Instagram, I think it was a former USC quarterback, made a bold prediction that Sam Darnold is the next Chino Smith. Uh, okay. Uh, had to be a USC person because the <laughs> thing about Chino was that he didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. <laughs> Sam Darnold yeah. turns the ball over a lot. He loves so the throw picks. He loves to throw picks and put the ball on the ground. You got to witness that. And now uh, the Panthers, I guess, yeah, listen, you might as well keep P.J. Walker because he's the one guy you don't totally know about. You know what the other two are. Um, Jaguars beat the Raiders in a game that's hysterical because the Raiders were up 20 to nothing, and they lost 27-20. And then fired Josh McDaniels today. Oh, I didn't even see that. I mean – I guess that experiment's done. I, I'm I'm going to be the first to announce that Josh McDaniels will never be a head coach in the NFL again. Will he go right back and take over offensive coordinator duties for the Patriots against your Jets next week? <laughs> I guess Matty Peepee's not working out as the OC. No, I guess not. Just get the band back together. That's where he belongs. belongs yeah, I, I, I think he will. If it's not, if it's not next week, like you said, it's next year. Because <laughs> I, I still yeah. think he holds out. I mean, he's not going to get a head coaching job anywhere else. But maybe there's a semblance of hope that at some point, if Bill Belichick, I don't know, dies, that maybe he'll get the head coaching <laughs> job. Maybe. I think it would probably go to Belichick's son, right? Steve, who's the D.C. there. That's um, a good point. But I think if there's any hope for him to get another head coaching job in the NFL, it's New England. I don't think he would want one. I don't know why anybody in that. You're so bad at that role. And like, you've got I know, but, there's, but these guys say it all the time. There's only 32 of them. you got to take it when you can get it. Yeah, I guess so. Um but, no, I mean, the Raiders, this is the second straight year. They're firing a coach in season. Obviously, the Gruden stuff was a lot different. They should have never gotten rid of Bisaccia. Do you He's think, miserable now there in Green Bay. Do you think Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, do you think they call each other crying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. How do you not miss one I another miss you, in man. this situation? 
Yeah, that's my quarterback. I love you. <laughs> I mean, can oh, we just man. have can we just have a do over for that trade? Well, it's Rogers' damn fault for dragging the soap opera and drama out so long that Devontae was like, hey, I don't know if he's coming back. Well, it's also his fault for taking back. all that fucking money to where the, exactly. the Packers didn't have any money to spread around. And it's like, you know, Tom Brady gets credit for all these discounts and whatnot, but I'm sure, you know, you look at the books and there's there's other ways to take care of it with bonuses and whatnot, but Rogers takes every penny and then sits around and says, why don't I have any wide receivers? Well... Well, yeah, I mean, it's not just his reason, but it is you can put the blame on him for Devontae Adams because he should have stayed. They had a really good situation going on, but no, he wanted to go play in Vegas. It's just, yeah, it's, I mean, quarterback and Rodgers is 100% to blame because it's just, it's him, him, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant must have the same PR guy because, you know, Devonte Adams leaves and then you re up like two day, like a day later or something like that. Like what? Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. That the, that Raiders team is a shit show. As for the Jaguars, you don't have to spend much time on them because they're not a good team. But being down twenty to nothing and then stopping that team completely for the rest of the game and scoring twenty seven unanswered. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you kudos for that. Nice job. Good job by them. I do feel bad for Derek Carr because I thought after last year when he led the team to the playoffs and had a nice turnaround after Gruden got fired, I I, I thought he was going to have a good year. Um, I didn't think it was going to result in a playoffs, but I thought he was going to look better than he did. Might be McDaniel's fault. I don't, whoever's fault it is, uh, that team is an absolute dumpster fire. Um, did Hunter Renfro retire? He doesn't get the ball anymore. I've never seen that guy catch a single pass. Yeah, and Waller. I hear Waller when he gets out of the car, he's fine. But then when he gets into the facility, he fakes a limp. Just so he doesn't <laughs> have to play. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, Seahawks beat the Cardinals 31-21. Another win for Geno. The NFC West looks like it's going through Seattle. And you know how I feel about Arizona. I really don't like talking about them. Uh, they're not a good team. Yeah, that's not then. Good. Moving on. Uh, this game, great job, NFL, for all the shit that I have to deal with, with scheduling and these terrible Thursday night games. Not just me. I don't want to sound selfish. All of us have to deal with these Thursday night games and whatever. You give CBS the exclusive rights to a game that should have been on Fox because it was NFC, and you make it one of the two four o'clock games so that everybody has to fucking watch it. And you give us this Two teams that are fucking hitting each other over the head with those pool noodles. Like, <laughs> these teams fucking blow. They just had a pillow fight. Yeah, and like Brady, listen, he led the team down and scored the game-winning touchdown. But, uh, Tom, I, I need to ask you before I go into this rant. Did you watch the end of that game? Hell no. Okay. I was still, so, I was on cloud nine. When we drove home from Monticello, I didn't even drive. I rode a cloud home. <laughs> Good for you. Um, okay, well, there are a couple of things that when you have the lead that you don't want to do as a defense when the other team has the ball and you're just trying to hold on for the win. Can you tell me what one of the major things is as a team with very few timeouts? I don't even think they had any at that time. What you're supposed to do so that the clock continues to run and they don't score. Well, one, let's keep the guys in bounds. Two, let's not get any penalties. Ah, there you go. 
Well, they didn't keep them in bounds. They were allowing chunk yardage plays down the sideline where they could just stop the clock. It was unbelievable. Prevent defense strikes again. Prevent defense only prevents you from winning. And, hey, all the credit in the world goes to Tampa Bay and Brady. They needed this game. But that that execution or lack thereof by the Rams' defense on that final drive was comically bad. Yeah. Um, OBJ coming back to the Rams ain't going to do dick for them. This team just looks – Super Bowl hangover can't even begin to describe it. It's Cooper Cup and nobody else out there. Robinson, that signing was a dud. They have no running game at all, zero. Cam Akers coming back ain't going to help that. And their defense looks spent as well. I mean, I haven't heard the name Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey in uh, the whole year. And listen, they only gave up 16 points, but I think that was more ineptitude yeah, by the, the Buccaneers. Suck. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, now, uh, what's his name, Stafford's in concussion protocol. They're going to piss this season away. They should just start tanking, although they don't have any picks of their own, so I guess it doesn't matter. Um, the Bucks they got that win because, crazily enough, they're back to first place in that terrible division at uh, – Yet another division I would love if the Jets played in. If you you'd be five games up in that division. Um, Chiefs beat the Titans in overtime on Sunday Night Football. I give the Titans so much credit for hanging in there. I give Vrabel a ton of credit. What a fucking game plan! Incredible, right? I mean, one your defense looks amazing to stifle the Chiefs and only hold them to twenty points, and then to get seventeen points out of Malik Willis throwing the ball like six times. I mean. Knowing your team, just putting the ball in the chest of Derrick Henry and saying tackle him, um, but having the having the smarts to run a lot of option plays with Malik Willis, so you have to think about that to open up more lanes for Derrick Henry to run in. I, I Rabel's got to win Coach of the Year if this team they're gonna, but if this team wins a division, Coach of the Year is going to Brian Dable, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's an un- listen. Vrabel's an unbelievable coach, and he won last year, so fine. Yeah, and on top of that, too, man, like I just love when coaches completely script the game plan, especially against better teams. Like I think this game should have been in most worlds a blowout on the side of the Chiefs, but just a game plan for or listen. We understand what we're compromised here, but we're just going to do the best we can. And they're so disciplined. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons. It, I, on that defense is just ridiculous. Uh, but as for the Chiefs, listen, you you didn't play all that well, but you got the win, and that's all that matters. It is, and uh, stupid on me. I, I I had one, you know, between NBA and I was all over the Seahawks. I had Seahawks, my other co-host, uh, which we haven't done that podcast in a while. It'll be back, don't worry. He was all over the Seahawks. Dino Hypecast. Dino Hypecast. He was all over the Seahawks. Um, first half spread, and then I said, fuck it, I'm going. Nice little parlay here. Geno Smith over yards, Kenneth Walker over yards, and Seahawks. I had an alternate line. I grabbed them at minus three and a half, riding high between that and a couple NBA bets I won. And then I said I said to them, I said, this, this spread looks funky. It was minus 14. I said, I don't think even the Chiefs can beat the Titans by 14 points. And then I said, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> Somebody knows something that I don't. Maybe Mahomes. I had I had a nice parlay in there. Travis Kelsey to get a touchdown. 
Mahomes over his yardage, and the Chiefs to win by 20. I was like, fuck it. I'm going. I, I'm, I'm outsmarting everybody here. And then this this shit show comes out 20 to 17. And I should have <laughs> just stuck with my initial gut and just taken the Titans minus fucking or plus 14 and had Derrick Henry to get a touchdown. Well, you got the Mahomes part right because he was unbelievable late in that game. He I know. They just couldn't get in crawled. the end zone that much. I know, but just to be, and you saw Kadarius Tony get some get some run. It, that team is going to be. They're the. I, I want to see what happens with Josh Allen in Buffalo, but I mean, I still I still love that Kansas City team. My money's on them. My money has been on them since the beat preview, and it is still. But Josh Allen and the and the Bills are going to be fine. They just got beat by a better team. Oh, look at you. <laughs> you, you how, how the narrative changes after one week. All I'm right, glowing. last game here. Ravens beat the Saints 27-13 and a dud of a Monday night game, but I give the Ravens credit. They play too many close games against not as competent teams as them, uh, but they, dis- they absolutely dismantled the Saints, and they should have. They did. We were finally right about a game, Sean, together. We made this as one of our picks. Um, that's going to lead us into our picks here. Let me pull out this piece of paper that I'm doing such a good job of keeping track of our yearly. Every year I'm like, oh, we'll tally it up at the halfway point. This year I've been dialed. I've gotten the tally every week. It's really not that hard if you just do it every week. Um, <laughs> well, that's what it is. But I give you credit. <laughs> um, so week nine, I went two and one with a push. You went two and two. We both got the bills wrong, minus 12 and a half. I'll tell you what. I'm, I've never been happier to go. Oh, of course. To, to lose that pick. I had the Falcons plus three. They lost by three. That was a push. You had New England minus five and a half. You saw that cold dumpster easiest, fire coming. Easiest from a mile. bet I've ever made. One of the easiest bets I ever made. I took the Seahawks plus one and a half. Um, you had Carolina minus seven and a half. Oh, so stupid. Baker gotcha towards the end there. Baker gotcha. And then you and I both had the Ravens minus two and a half. I, like I said, I went two and one, you went two and two. That puts me at 19 and five and you at tw- 19 and 15, excuse 19 me. 19 and five. That'd yeah. be nice. I'll take that. We're I both, was say, where'd all those other games go? We're both, well, I had a lot of pushes. We're both uh, over 500 still. I am at 19 and 15. You are at 21 and 14. I gained, I gained a game in the loss standings. Um, week 10. You ready? I'm ready to go, man. All right, again, we're going to be picking a Monday night game because the Jets are off this week, and then our bye weeks will be over. Um, Giants. Almost a full touchdown favorite against Houston this week. Minus six and a half. I believe they're at home. They are at home. I have the Texans in this game. I don't like any world where the Giants are six and a half point favorites. They play all their games are really, really close. They're hardly ever decided by a full touchdown. And listen, I'm not saying that the Texans are going to win. I hope and I have a decent amount of confidence that the Giants should win this game. But six and a half is a really big number for the for a team like the Giants. So I'm going to take the Texans. Okay, I got the Giants. I love it. I think I think this Giants team. I mean they they have a great coach. They're going to out coach. Who's who's the Texans coach? Lovey Smith. Lovey. Yep. They're he's going to get out coach. Um, and and I just think that the Giants are going to go up. I'm I'm picturing the game right now. 
The Giants are going to go up 14-0 on Houston. Houston's not going to be able to do anything against a very well-coached Giants team, very well-disciplined. And then Saquon's just going to run the ball all over him, put him to bed. thing I don't like is Xavier McKinney suffered a hand injury uh, during the bye, and he's out for four weeks. How did he do that? What, was he cutting steak or something? He was on an ATV. Oh, I thought that was Kenny Galladay. I, I tuned into the Carton show for about 10 seconds, and I thought they were talking about Galladay. No, Galladay looks like he's going to play, though. So it would be I – don't, I don't – I already know that's a completely sunken cost, but anything he can give the Giants would be just lovely. Um, but, yeah, okay, so we're going against each other in this one. I do expect the Giants to win, but six and a half is kind of a big number. I'm looking at somewhere in like that 24 to – 20 range or mm. 20 23 18 something okay. like that um my second game i have seattle at tampa bay except not really it's in germany the the bucks are a two and a half point favorite for i have no idea what reason that is i'm grabbing the seattle seahawks in this one i stared at this game for a long time if this was on u.s soil i'd be right there with you i don't bet thursday night games anymore and I don't bet games on foreign soil. Crazy shit happens. <laughs> You're right about that. That was my only. That was my only question. Is like, do I really want to do this? But I just don't feel good about this Tampa team at all. And I love every bit of the Seattle team. I agree with you. But would you be shocked if Tampa won by twenty? Honestly, yeah, <laughs> it would. I'd be, I shocked. be shocked. Honestly, yeah, I guess I'd I don't be know shocked. How they even score 20 yeah, I was gonna points. say I'd be shocked they put up twenty. All right, my second game. I got the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Chiefs minus nine and a half. I mean, they put up a little bit of a dud, although they won against Tennessee. I think they're going to come out rolling. This is the perfect team after a underwhelming win for the Chiefs to go up against because they're the anti-Tennessee Titans. I mean, the Tennessee Titans are less talented than everybody. I'll have the Giants. They have a good running game. I'll have the Giants. And they don't make a lot of mistakes. I'll have the Giants. This this. Jacksonville Jaguars team makes a million mistakes. Kansas City's going to be able to take advantage of that. They make a lot of mistakes on defense. Kansas City's going to be able to air it out. Kansas City's going to win by 10 or more. I like this pick by you. I like that pick a lot. What's your third? My third, speaking of the Titans, explain to me explain to me how the Titans are not just going to ball control, ball control and win by 6 against the shit house Denver Broncos. <laughs> Oh, I stared at this game so much. So, so much. And then I said I have to take my eyes. I have to do a refocus because I'm, <laughs> I'm staring at this game alone. I love that pick by you. I didn't go that route, but I'm, I'm with you 100%. They should roll and just upset. And Russ is just, yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a really good pick. Uh, I have Dallas at Green Bay. Green Bay is a five-point home underdog at Lambeau Field against the Cowboys. Can you believe that we're saying that at this time of the year? Are you buying it? Oh, I'm going with Dallas. Wow. I I just, uh, another I game know, I man. stared at, Dallas and Green Bay, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of history, but those were really good. I can't, I can't get the stink <laughs> because I would have said, okay, well, listen, a team that lost to both the Jets and the Giants, I mean, how can I ever pick them? But you know what? The Jets and Giants have both been good this year, so fuck everyone else. But here's what I'm saying. The Cowboys are really fucking good. Their mm. defense is really good. They they can run the ball. Their offensive line is good. 
the Green Bay Packers scored nine points against the absolute drags of NFL defenses in the Lions. I'm taking the Cowboys. Will, this one's for you. Good for Will. I hope they do get the win. I it's a, it trust me, it's a game I stared at for a long time. It is. But I stayed away. It's a ballsy pick. Just because of the history. I mean, maybe it's a stupid gambler superstition, but I mean, it's a good pick by you. Um, final game, we both got to pick Eagles, uh, Washington Commies. Washington just an asshole organization altogether. Not the players, but the owner and all the other shit that they're pulling of recent times. Um, mm-hmm. Eagles are favored by 10.5 at home. I'm going with the Eagles. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm going to go Washington. That number's just huge. And this Washington team, they're a little different with Heineke. Just a little bit. They are, but... I think oh, the Eagles. Win this game. No, I think, but I think the Eagles are the class, man. I think they're the class of this this uh, league, the NFC. I, I think that they're going to beat them by at least 10, 10, 11, 12 points. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I just think about that Thursday night game where they only beat uh, the Texans by thirteen, and it felt like they beat them by forty. I could see a game like that with Washington, where it's like. It's it's forty or like let's say it's like thirty eight to twenty nine and you know something like that where it's never close but maybe Washington does something frisky who knows could be man could be that's really all you have to do to keep a game within eleven points um, you got anything else for me no man that's basically it everything is good I hate daylight savings as we talked about at the top but we are here what about you what do you got going on this weekend. No, oh, actually, I do have something going on. I was going to say not much. Mikhail will be upset about that. I am going to Boston, and I am going to a Celtics game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, Nuggets. Oh, that'll be a fun time, man. Yeah, I'm hoping um, all the, everybody plays, and, and I'm excited for it. Good. Are you doing the whole weekend there, or just an overnight? Or uh, We're going up Friday. We're leaving early Sunday. Mikhail's got work Sunday night, so... I'm looking forward to it. Her sister lives up in Boston, so I'm excited to go. That's great, man. Well, have a great time up there. Thank you, bro. I hope you can get out to the Texas game. Yeah, we'll see if we'll see if I end up doing that. But in any event, uh, yeah, it was a lot to catch up with this week, and we got another full week of college and pro football, which is always good. Yes, we do. Uh, Drake Twenty One Sal- Savage album. Oh, we have fire. to talk about this. We have to talk about this real fast. I texted you. What so? Did it take any aging for you, or did it just it did it hit for you as soon as you listened to it? It hit right away. But when a new album comes out, anytime I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm usually playing it over and over again. It's it's fire. A lot of quotes in there that I, I just thought were great. Um, some drive-by shootings that that Drake really didn't have to have with Megan the Stallion and and Serena yeah, Williams' husband. Um, made for an interesting album. Didn't really need it, but uh, hey. You know, you gotta get. He's really been campaigning this album with the fake, uh, with the fake um, tiny desk, which got me because I went straight to YouTube. I was like, "Holy shit, Drake's doing a tiny desk with Twenty One." That's not true. And the Vogue um, magazine, the fake one that they put out, it's and the Howard Stern interview. It's it's been interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't really know how to feel. I mean. I didn't know that Serena Williams' husband, did he need that? I don't think so. (laughs) 
I'll tell you what, Middle of the Ocean, that's my favorite song. Bars, absolute bars on that song. 21's my favorite, like, low-key comedy rapper. I said that to you now. You did, and it was such a good point because, like, we we were thinking, like, oh, are they going to go 50-50? Is it going to be, like, 60-40? I think it was, like, it's, like, I'll say 75% Drake, 25% 21. Yeah, and that's that is perfect. Twenty one can come in and you know, come off the bench and put up twenty every couple nights, and and that's fine. That's pretty much my comp to him. You know, I compared him to Titty Boy Two Chains, um, just because his lyrics, like if you listen to them, they just make me giggle. <laughs> yeah, you know he he has a lot of those, and I saw this great meme. It was like like right as that morning's going along, and people are starting to listen to it for the first time. It was like. <laughs> Everybody, make sure you're listening to the Drake and 21% Savage. <laughs> I think that's good because that's basically what it sounded like on the album. But, yeah, yeah, but I mean, come on. That line he had about being mucus in her because he's always in her throat, like that, that's, listen, I don't know if it's for this pod, but it's hilarious. It's fucking funny. And it's a damn good album. CLB took a little bit of time for me to age or for it to age for me. This one. I agree with you. Like I just, I heard it. I was like, yeah, this is this is really good. First four songs, no, like just there's one no after. skips on that album. Certified Lover Boy hit for me right away. Pretty much everything Drake does. Daddy's Home. I like to play that song anytime that I beat anyone at anything. I thought you were gonna say anytime that soy starts crying. No, no. Anytime I beat any anyone at anything, I like to play that Daddy's Home song. I'm already having a mock up um, for that over my logo the Greenwich Big Dogs logo if I win the league um, being made. So, fingers How crossed on that. the Big Dogs that. looking after another week? Uh, another win. Another win in the books. We're back to four and five. We're in ninth place, but we're on the come up. Um, I mean, I went from, I think I was like one and four, um, one and five, something like that. We are, we are trucking right now. I, I am slinging trades out there that are much in my favor, but somebody's going to bite. I'm already a real problem. I told everybody I'm coming around the mountain. Never missed the playoffs before. Don't let me get in. Dad, Daddy's home. Well, you better kill me while I'm down, you know? Absolutely. You better finish me. Get the job done. Don't don't miss. Yeah, All I right. mean, that's the thing. Come at the crown. You best not miss. You best not miss. All right, guys. That's another pot in the books. 264 is over and done with. 265 next week. We'll see what other circus events happen with the Nets, and uh, we'll be here for everything next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Bye, everybody.